0: We again welcome you to the Stock of the Town podcast. This is John and Karen Pendleton with Pendleton's Country Market. We live in the Kansas River Valley just outside of Lawrence, Kansas, and we've been farming together for over 40 years. We'd like to share with you about our farm and our community.
1: Today, the topic is tomatoes, and that's an easy topic. We uh, grow a lot of tomatoes, and I also find that that is the most popular thing that people purchase at the farmer's market, and the most popular thing that they buy at garden centers, uh, bedding plants of, of little tiny tomatoes.
0: And I think it's because you really can't get that good tomato flavor from the grocery store tomatoes. You cannot ship a ripe tomato. So the tomatoes that are in your store are, are picked mostly green at a breaker stage is what they call it. It has just a hint of pink to it, and then they would put ethylene gas into the room and make it turn red.
1: And actually, to to be fair, ethylene gas is a natural substance. The tomato itself puts off ethylene gas, but it's being used in an unnatural way. It's being forced onto the tomato in a larger quantity than what it would produce while it's turning ripe on its own.
0: We have over 90 varieties of different types of tomatoes that we're selling this year. John keeps telling me to back off, and we don't need to sell that many different varieties, but as soon as I drop one, somebody comes and wants that one that we were the only one who carried it.
1: With that many varieties, there are still varieties that we are not carrying, and we're sorry, but there's only so many we can do. <laughs> but we try and specialize in both heirloom and hybrid tomatoes. And
0: So can you tell everybody the difference between the heirlooms and the hybrids? So the heirlooms are more
1: the open pollinated. It's uh, the varieties that have been around a long, long time. Hybrids are where you've got two good parent varieties you cross them and then you have the hybrid vigor so if you have a hybrid tomato in general you're going to have more disease resistance. it's going to crack less heirlooms tend to be maybe a little bit more acidic so if somebody says, oh, I want a tomato that tastes like what grandma used to have, the, uh, the, the older varieties tend to be more acidic, where the hybrids tend to be maybe a little more on the sweet side. And so determinate tomatoes grow to a determined height. And so they tend to put all their fruit on in a shorter amount of time. They don't keep on growing, whereas the indeterminates will keep growing taller and taller and taller, and eventually either frost or disease, or you just quit watering them. Uh, The tomatoes quit growing that way. I think that you probably have about the same number of pounds with the determinants compared to the indeterminants. You just have more production at once. So if you're a home canner and you're making salsa or you're canning tomatoes, you're making spaghetti sauce and putting it in a jar... A lot of times you would like to have a determinant so that you've got all the production at once. If you're just going for that occasional fresh tomato, the indeterminates aren't too bad because they just keep growing and growing. So you tend to have more hybrids that are determinant and more heirlooms that are indeterminate. Hybrids tend to be sweeter. Heirlooms tend to be more of the acidic type.
0: Many of the heirlooms are actually hybrids, and a, a good example of that is the Cherokee purple tomato that is an heirloom, and the carbon tomato that is an heirloom, and we carry a Cherokee carbon, which is a cross between those two, but the cross, although it is a hybrid cross, it is open-pollinated plant, and it is stable enough that they can get the same tomato from the same seeds every year.
1: That's Amazing biology there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We get asked about cross-pollinating quite a bit. So seed saving is something that a lot of people like to do with their tomatoes. And and it's an easy one to save seeds from. If you have two different types of tomatoes, they will cross-pollinate. The tomato itself will be the tomato that you grew. So if it's a brandywine tomato, it's going to be a brandywine tomato but if your brandywine tomato is next to a celebrity tomato those two will cross and the seeds that you get out of the brandywine tomato are going to be at the cross and you don't know what that tomato is going to be so saving seeds is wonderful but you need if you're going to do that you need to kind of keep your tomatoes a little bit further apart than than on a normal garden
1: a cross-pollinated tomato still tastes the same it even there might be a difference in the seed, there's no difference in flavor. But yeah, if you're saving the seeds, you might come up with something even better.
0: That's right. You might you might be the, on to the next best tomato. If we were saving seeds, we would have a difficult time selling that tomato, knowing that it might have crossed with another tomato and you wouldn't be getting this exact same tomato variety that We are telling you you're getting.
1: So when we get our seeds to grow the plants to sell we buy them from lots and lots of different seed sources. I can't even imagine the accounting process it would take to keep track of this seed compared to another seed and keep them all in the refrigerator and no we just start with brand new seed every year and it makes our life a whole lot easier. How would you choose a good-looking tomato seedling from a garden center?
0: When people come in and ask me, how are they going to decide what tomato to buy? I first ask them, do you want a determinate or an indeterminate? You know, How big is their garden? Can they take an indeterminate plant that will get larger in their garden, or do they want a smaller one? And then also, do they want cherry tomatoes? Do they want slicing tomatoes? Or do they want paste tomatoes? The paste tomatoes being a little bit more meaty good for for canning and and salsas
1: kind of a drier tomato
0: right so those are the questions to ask first and then you want to look at the plant you want a good stocky plant if at all possible it's not all yellow it doesn't it's not infested with bugs however late in the season or or even sometimes in the middle of the season you might find the variety you're looking for and it might be a little bit leggy that's not always a bad thing. John, you wanted to explain how to sure. to plant a, a leggy tomato?
1: How to plant a tall tomato. So if you look at the base of the stem, a lot of times you'll see hair kind of growing off the base of the stem. Those are potential roots that could grow. So the tomato plant is one of the very few plants that you can plant clear up to its neck. It's easy to plant it halfway the height of the tomato from the top of the pot to the top of the tomato plant so you can dig a hole and put it in nice and deep if it's a really really tall tomato sometimes if you dig a hole and trench sideways up so that the tomato is either horizontal in the ground a few inches deep or coming up on an angle most of your nutrients in the topsoil are on the top few inches but uh, if it's a, just a little bit too tall, just dig a hole straight down, put it in the in the ground, and, and uh, I'd go ahead and take off those bottom branches off. But plant it clear up to its neck. If you would plant it sideways, it'll be kind of laying on the ground in just a few days. The thing pops up and pointing straight up in the air because it is...
0: It's called geocentrific, <laughs> and that means it will find its way to growing straight up and down.
1: That's a good term to throw out at people
0: makes you sound smart doesn't yeah.
1: it and notice <laughs> i passed on that one well
0: thank you <laughs> <laughs> so when you're planning a site to plant your tomatoes you want full sun and everybody asked me well can it have half day sun well it will do better if it's full sun well what if it just has afternoon sun it will do better if it has full sun well what if it has just morning sun It will do better if it has full sun. So just plan on the most full sun place for your tomatoes. Oftentimes people will plant their tomatoes in containers so they can actually move the containers around through the day so they can keep them in full sun.
1: How big of a tomato plant can you grow in a container?
0: We've already talked about determinate and indeterminate tomatoes, so you'd want to select a determinate tomato because it's not going to get as big. A determinate tomato, we have them everywhere from about three feet tall to about six feet tall. And so if you're in a small container, you're going to want a smaller tomato like a better bush tomato or a patio tomato. They're quite short and still put on quite a few tomatoes.
1: I hear that there's a farm halfway between Lawrence and Yodora in the Caw Valley that actually grows tomatoes in their greenhouse that are 15 feet tall, (laughs) and they're growing them in four gallon containers. How can that be?
0: Well, I think they're talking about you, John. (laughs) (laughs) So the trick
1: with a container is you need good full sun. We've got it in our greenhouse. We have string hanging from uh, wires. And then also we are watering those tomatoes and fertilizing them four times a day. And so they're getting plenty of nutrients, plenty of water. They have a structure that's holding them up, uh, the strings and the clips. And also uh, they're in a perfect full sun environment. So we can actually grow tomatoes that are quite big in a small container, but for most people, the determinate varieties and some of the patios types, people tend to be more successful with.
0: So when you're planting, you want in full sun, but you also want to know what your soil quality and fertility is. And so before you ever plant, hopefully you can run into your county extension office and have a soil test to determine what it is you need in your soil for the tomatoes. Uh, When you do your soil test, you take several different tablespoons of soil from different parts of your garden, put it in a little baggie and take it in, tell them you're going to be growing tomatoes, and they will actually tell you what you need to add to your soil I get a lot of people asking, what should I put in my soil? But I have no idea what type of soil they have. So if you can take the time before the season to have your soil tested so you know what it is you need to add to your soil. Typically,
1: there's no charge to get your soil tested because the local soil conservation district actually covers the cost of soil testing. And so that's something that's done free of charge. It's really, really good to know what is the needs of your soil, if there's a pH imbalance, uh, what is the soil structure, that sort of thing. And those things you can find out with soil testing. If you're like most people, you just feel like you've got really good garden soil and let's just go ahead and plant. And so that's when you uh, throw in the uh, fish head and the egg and the Epsom salts and and all of that, right?
0: (laughs) There's a lot of things that you can put in when you're planting your tomatoes. And and if you talk to people, everyone has their own special recipe that's going to make them the best. Well, and the fact
1: is, if it's successful for you, keep doing it that way.
0: I mean, if if you
1: are getting good results, that's great.
0: So when you're growing in containers on your patio, your, your tomatoes, once you decide what shorter variety that you're going to grow, you want to make sure that your container drains well enough because you don't want your tomato sitting in water all the time. So make sure there's a hole in the bottom of the pot. Or if you're using five-gallon buckets, drill some holes around the outside of the bucket, and that will get good drainage.
1: There are certain potting soils that lend themselves to container gardening also. I think some of the potting soils that have a little bit more pine bark, kind of a barkier, heavier type of potting soil, instead of a real fine, fine soil is is better for containers. The really fine potting soils are better for starting seeds in in little bitty containers, but typically the the least expensive is the more barky and and uh, it it'll hold a little bit of water, but it doesn't hold too much water.
0: And also if you're growing in containers, just realize you're going to have to fertilize your plants more than if they were in the ground. The ground will We'll keep that fertilizer uh, but when you're watering the tomato so much more because it's in a container it's going to be leaching out and so you'll need to fertilize a little bit more if in a container
1: some of the commercial fertilizers have recipes for if you fertilize oh, say every two to three weeks but there's others that give the recipe of how much to mix up so that if you're slow dosing if you're fertilizing every single time you're watering, it's, it's different amounts. You don't want to over fertilize by any means. There are times when certain varieties and I think of brandywine, for instance, if you give it a little bit too much fertilizer, you can easily get a six foot plant and then it produces three tomatoes. It just isn't really happy to have too much nitrogen and you get all vegetative growth and very little reproductive growth.
0: So, when should you plant your tomatoes? When you feel like it.
1: <laughs> as a, as someone who is selling tomato plants, you bet. Get them in the ground often and early, and just as long as you come back and get replacements from us if they freeze.
0: So, we had a gentleman in last week who was buying replacement tomatoes because his first batch got hailed out in a storm. And he was back out on a Monday morning. It was supposed to freeze the next weekend. And uh, I I heard you tell him, you're going to hang on to these before you put them out. And he said, no, no, he was going to put them out. He could he could cover them up. And that's when we kind of started talking about this. And we've decided, you know, you can always keep a tomato alive. But having a tomato thrive is a whole different thing. Tomatoes don't like to be planted out cold
1: they really respond to the warmer weather. So there are certain target dates, kind of like St. Patrick's Day is the beginning of planting potatoes, May Day, even Mother's Day, even more so. That Those are really good target dates. And by the time Mother's Day comes along, We are really at the time when uh, you can successfully, for the most part, start planting tomatoes. If you do some extra stuff like put a cage around it and plastic wrap around the outside, uh, the wall of waters and just all sorts of different things, they do help some, but nothing replaces good warm soil temperatures.
0: Soil temperatures, and I think my rule of thumb has always been you just don't plant tomatoes out until nighttime temperatures are consistently 50 degrees. They're a tropical plant. They like it warm.
1: They do like it warm.
0: Something we always hear about as the tomatoes are setting on the first of the year is blossom end rot. Blossom end rot is one of those things. Everybody has an answer of of what it's caused by and and what's going to help it. Uh, I think most everybody's heard, you know, put in Epsom salts, to add calcium to your tomato so that you don't get blossom end rot. But what I have found is that if you plant too early, the tomato doesn't have the ability to take up the calcium, and that's why you don't have the calcium available to the tomato, and it gets blossom end rot.
1: Typically, blossom end rot, again, is on the very first set of fruit that's on the plant. And so that's that really funky, flat, very dark-looking part of uh, a tomato plant, it will go ahead and turn red and, and it, it could still be edible, but for the most part, it's, it's not the desirable plant that you want. And if you do have blossom end rot on some tomato plants, they typically go away after the first set of fruit are harvested. And a lot of that has to do with the soil temperatures are finally warming up so that the calcium is available for the tomato plant to, to take up.
0: But Epsom salts is okay to put on my tomatoes?
1: Epsom salts is one of the uh, parts of the ingredients that we put in our hydroponic tomato fertilizer mix. So Epsom salts, uh, magnesium sulfate, it is something that the tomato plant can utilize, but all things in moderation, not too much, not too much.
0: (laughs) So problems that can happen with tomatoes, if you don't put enough fertilizer on them, they're going to turn yellow. Some people like to prune their tomatoes. I, If I'm growing them outside, I never worry about pruning myself.
1: I think it's not a bad idea to pull some of the suckers that are low. So maybe all the sucker branches that uh, that grow at each of the tomato leaves, go ahead and knock those off until you get up to the first cluster of fruit. A lot of the soil diseases splash up from the ground when it rains because the soil diseases are in the soil. If you can remove some of the bottom foliage on the tomato plants, uh, that kind of helps aerate under the tomato plant and it reduces the amount of uh, potential leaf site that would pick up the tomato diseases. After you get above the first set of fruit, I go ahead and leave the sucker branches because that just makes the plant... That much bigger and, and fuller and, and that many potential tomatoes you get off that plant.
0: Well, and it's also going to help keep the tomatoes from being sun-scalded. Yeah. You don't want the sun shining on the tomatoes and, and sunburn them.
1: The more foliage, the, the better the shade is right. for the fruit.
0: Right. So other things that can go wrong. Um, if the temperature's too cold, we talked about that. You don't want the temperatures too cold, too much or too little water. So too much water is going to cause diseases of all kinds because they're, they're waterlogged or there's water splashing up on the leaves. Uh, too little water, we're all in bad shape with too little water, so we understand that. Overhead watering is not something you want to do with tomatoes either because they like their leaves dry, but the water put down at the, at the soil level. Another problem that people always talk about are cracks in their tomatoes. During the summertime in Kansas... We could have five inches of rain one week and then no rain for about three weeks. Something like that is what causes cracking. A general, everyday, evenly watered tomato plant is going to be happier than one that goes from extremely dry to extremely wet.
1: The type of tomato, the variety, whether it's an heirloom, whether it's a hybrid, makes a difference. Also, this time of the year, I love to sell heirloom plants because they have a story. Boxcar Willie or Black from Tula or Arkansas Traveler or Mortgage Lifter. Each one of them has a story. And, you know, you can really kind of promote... Uh, the different types of plants that that are heirlooms with with the names that they have but heirlooms tend to split, crack, misshapen, off-colored when it comes to having a tomato at farmer's market i tend to go for the for the hybrids because they are more split and crack resistant, they are more uniform When people are buying by sight as much as anything, they tend to go for the perfect-looking tomato. Since we start our season off with the hydroponics, our early tomatoes are gorgeous. If we have a split or a crack, we go ahead and call them seconds. People want us to continue to do that when we get into the outdoor tomatoes. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's outdoor tomatoes, it's a lot harder to control the water to make it consistent so that you don't have the splitting and cracking.
0: I'm always amazed at the number of people who will come up and ask us for heirloom tomatoes, and we'll show them the box of heirloom tomatoes, and then they look over at the box of hydroponic tomatoes that or hybrids that don't have any splits. And they're buying with their, their eyes. They they want the one that's pretty and not split. Even though they always ask for the heirloom, it seems like they tend to go towards that non-split tomato.
1: I also find, though, that if a gardener is growing it in their own garden and there's a split and a crack, that's okay. I mean, it's it. they grew it. They're going to try and get it in the house before the squirrels get it, but a split and cracked tomato from their own garden is not nearly as much of a problem as tomatoes that uh, are less than perfect at either the grocery store or at uh, the farmer's market.
0: So if a home gardener has tomatoes and it's maybe a variety that splits badly, I would also suggest that they pick those a little bit early. So even when you're picking your tomatoes earlier than fully ripe at home, they're still going to ripen in good shape. It's unlike the large tomato growers in Florida who are picking green tomatoes to ship up here and, and ripen on the way. As long as you have some color to your tomatoes, it's okay to pick them a little early to avoid that splitting.
1: There's also a trick to try and ripen those quicker if you do bring them into the kitchen put them in a bowl with a tea towel over the top or put them in a paper sack. That will capture the ethylene gas that those tomatoes are producing. And the ethylene gas that they produce on their own helps to ripen themselves or the tomato that's right next to them. Or if you throw a banana in with them, that produces a lot of ethylene gas too. And and, uh, that helps to make the tomatoes ripen just a little bit quicker. In our walk-in cooler, we try and keep our vegetables and our flowers separate. And why is that?
0: <laughs> because the ethylene will cause the flowers to deteriorate faster. So we don't want that extra ethylene from the vegetables in with the flowers so we can keep our flowers longer. Good answer. Thank you. <laughs> I, know, I, I know what I do. <laughs> Companion planting is something that a lot of people like to do as well i know uh, i have a lot of people who will buy marigolds to be planted with their tomatoes to keep the insects away and uh, they say marigolds because they're they're kind of st- a stinky flower a smell a smelly flower uh, a fragrant flower that's even better uh, they're a fragrant flower and they keep away some insects but when it comes to um the
1: tomato hornworm the The easiest way to control them is to look for the little tiny pellets of caterpillar poo did you know that there is a name
0: yes I did know that it's called frass frass is the name for caterpillar poop so when you want to impress your friends at a (laughs) cocktail hour
1: (laughs) so the easiest way to control tomato hornworm is to literally just pick it off the plant. But it's real easy to know that you've got that because you're missing leaves and there is the caterpillar frass that is on the ground or on some of the leaves. And once you see that, then you have to target in and look for uh, that big fat caterpillar Good for chicken food. I that's a
0: reason to have chickens in your backyard.
1: It's a lot of fun watching the chickens uh, uh, try and chase each other who has the, the tomato hornworm. But the adult moth that comes out of the tomato hornworm is really
0: cool. It's beautiful. The adult form is called a sphinx moth, and the, or some people call them hummingbird moths, and they, they look like little hummingbirds. That they come out at night and pollinate flowers. So they're beautiful. It's kind of a. It's kind of hard to send them to their death, I guess, when uh, they are. They do have a beautiful moth, but they are devastating on tomatoes.
1: Well, we hope that this maybe has helped a little bit, and... or
0: confused you, one or the other.
1: <laughs> it could have either one, and uh, but one thing for sure, Karen and I would love to. Wish upon all of you a successful tomato growing season and an even more successful tomato harvest. Whether you're just eating them fresh or you're making salsa or you're putting a slice on a hamburger or making spaghetti sauce, uh, the most favorite thing is the good old red tomato.
0: We sure thank you again for listening to our Stock of the Town podcast Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and check out our website. Remember to follow us at The Stock of the Town as we talk about our farm and our community.